singing, praying God will just bless and receive it as the way it was brought up, as praise. Praying for God's help even this evening. If you would like to turn your Bibles to the book of Romans, Romans in chapter 12. Tonight we're going to be looking at our 24th study in the Bible doctrine. Tonight's study is a a, a sister to uh, the doctrine of works, I would imagine you would say. This is going to be dealing with the doctrine of Christian benevolence. In other words, that part of the Christian that is helpful, that's caring, that's beneficial to all those that are around them. In Romans chapter 12 and beginning at verse 9, the Bible says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you and curse not, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep, be of the same mind one toward another, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. And if he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. In 1 Peter chapter 1, if you'll turn there for our second reading, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 22. The Bible says here, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, dear Lord, tonight as we bound your presence... We do so tonight, Father, knowing that the only reason we can come is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us already on the cross of Calvary, shedding his precious blood. 
applying it to the mercy seat in heaven. Lord, I pray that you will receive the songs that have been brought forth already as praise. I pray now, Lord, that you would receive the preaching of thy word. Lord, as praise and honor and glory. Help those of us, dear God, who are saved by your grace to understand the kindness and goodwill that ought to be portrayed in the life of the Christian. Father, I pray that you will help us to be faithful in our endeavors. Not for show, not for worldly pleasures, but for thy glory, Lord. May your children be that shining light that yields forth the warmth of thy love. Help us, dear God, to be kind and help us to be helpful and full of goodwill toward those around us. For in so doing, Lord, we know that thy name will be lifted up. Help us tonight, dear God, to bring this out in such a way that, number one, your name is glorified. That your children are brought closer to you, closer to an understanding of what we should be. Lord, bless this evening and may thy name once again be lifted up. For we praise you and we thank you and we ask, Lord, that you forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name and amen. Emmanuel, our lesson tonight deals with our actions. It deals with our words and our overall demeanor with others around us. Not just Christian brothers or sisters, but with all those we come into contact with. As we look at this Christian benevolence, as I've already said, this is a a sister doctrine to the doctrine of works. Christians, in order to be benevolent, in order to be that shining light that we need to be, the Bible says there's a few things that we ought to have in our lives. Benevolence is simply defined as showing kindness or goodwill. The second definition is performing good or charitable acts and not seeking to make a profit with it. Can we say along with the definition of benevolence that we truly show and exhibit kindness and goodwill toward others even when it seems counterproductive to our way of thinking when we're dealing with others who have maybe wronged us, have done things to hurt us. I mean, this is a part of the the doctrines of grace that men sometimes have a big problem with. I'll never forget sometime back in two, maybe it's 07 or somewhere in that area, I preached a message about how we are to do what the Bible says when it concerns our enemies, we're to, we're to love them. And I had a man to really get up in my face one day and called me to his, called me to his home even where he lived in He began to tell me how wrong that was that the Bible should say that we're to love our enemies. That the Bible says 
that we're to love our enemies. He said that's just a wrong concept. But it's the Lord's concept. You see what I'm saying? It's not, it's not, our, it's not within our human makeup necessarily to receive those that have done wrong to us or have tried to hurt us. So, you know, oftentimes we look at this and we, we begin to pick and choose who we're going to do kind acts for or, or those that we're just going to drive by as if, you know, we never saw them. Like that individual that was on the side of the road and broke down. Maybe they had a flat tire. Maybe they had an engine problems. Or maybe there was something else going on in their lives. And they were, they were needing some assistance. And yet we drive, we drive right on by. That's, that's not being very biblical for the Christian. But yet it happens. It happens when the Christian comes upon an individual where they have done you wrong and maybe they have done you so wrong, there is a, there is a, a seed of bitterness that just don't seem to want to get out of your crawl. That's when we need the Lord's assistance more than ever, amen? That's when we really need to understand what God's Word is saying. Now, the first thing I want us to look at tonight in the work of Christian benevolence, we need to have benevolence towards our community and our neighbors. You know, as I often do, I sit and I do a lot of listening to people who have something to say when we're coming into the door or what have you, men standing and talking. And oftentimes I hear of individuals who, are, who have done this or done that or are going to do something to be a blessing to somebody else. And they're not doing that to be seen. They're not doing that to, to draw attention to themselves necessarily. But it's one of those things I believe needs to have seen in more churches across America today. People who are willing to go the extra mile for their friends and their neighbors, their, their community. I believe that's what the Bible teaches us in verses 14 through 18 of our text Back in the book of Romans in chapter 12, I want you to think about this now. In Romans chapter 12, we'll look here at verse 14 to begin with. The Bible says, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. You know, I'll be honest with you, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. And I'm not going to stand up here and act like I'm a... I'm above the fray and, and, and able to, without a shadow of a doubt, able to do what the Bible says there because I'm not always able to do that. I'm not always at that position that I need to be spiritually to, 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 be, a, to be a blessing to somebody who has been a curse to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm surely not the only one that's been in these, in these shoes. To realize that God's word says it worse to be were to be what it says right here in verse 14, bless them which persecute you. Think about that for just a moment. Now, again, this is one of those hard concepts for human beings to get a hold of, but it's a concept that Jesus Christ wants his church to get a hold of, I do believe. 
The Bible says in verse 13 or, or verse 15, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. We understand that. We understand uh, uh, what, it, what it is to, to, to be that individual who is there for somebody who has just lost a loved one. We weep with them. Even in our community, whether we're members of this body or not, we, uh, we feel for them. We have, we have emotional ties to those in our community. And it ought to be that way. It ought to be that way. I've often said, and, I, and folks, I believe this without a shadow of a doubt, Laurel Road from Route 7 to Route 1 is a different group of people altogether. We're talking about a people who actually feel for one another. It's old timey is what I like to call it. it is, it's, this community here is like a, it's old timey. People care for each other regardless, regardless of your standing in life. Regardless of, uh, 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 of whether you have a lot of money or not, people in this area, they just seem to, it seems to go back a good ways. It's, it's a blessing to be in a community such as this. We understand what it is to see one of our neighbors to go through a hardship and our hearts break for them. But we also understand when the joys come in our lives, how happy we are for them. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 16, Be of the same mind one toward another, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. You know, a lot of times, you know, uh, in certain areas, if you're not of a certain class, you're, you're overlooked altogether. That's what I thank God about this place. It's not like that. We're all the same. But the Bible goes on to say in verse 17, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Do we have a good report as others see us? Or do they see somebody that's just like the rest of the world? Do they see a cheat? Do they see somebody who is a backbiter or somebody who likes to put others down just because they're not just like them? Folks, I'll tell you what, that's one of the, that's one of the greatest hardships in many churches today is people that are, that are worldly in their mind and in their thinking of others around them. But the Bible says that we're not to be like that. When we're dealing with benevolence, when we're dealing with uh, 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 having a, a good nature and being a good will toward others around us, listen, Christ is telling us through, through the teachings of the Apostle Paul how we are supposed to be to our neighbors and how we are supposed to act in our community. We're to, have, we're to be people of a good report. They shouldn't be anybody. Look at somebody in the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church and say, because of them, I'm not going to go to church. Because of their lifestyle, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to be a Christian. That should never be said about a church family. And that's the reason why that I believe that our, our portrayal of what we have here ought to be real. The Bible says, listen, we're not to put on airs. 
We're not to dissimulate. In other words, we're not to pick and choose or, or to live in hypocrisy. We are to be what we are, and that is Christ-like. Amen, Christian. Romans 12 and 17, the, uh, the second part of this says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. <clears throat> Go back to Proverbs in 20, you know, oftentimes uh, the Proverbs have a, a great deal of information for just everyday life. And one of those things is something that, you know, we ought to have an honest scale. And an honest balance. You know, I've, I've been in a place once where uh, an individual, as they was getting ready to weigh something out for me, they reached over to the scale and they pushed it. I thought they had gone. Because it changed everything on it. It changed the whole setting. It changed it by several, several ounces. And I thought, is that right? Or is it, you know, the perception? Perception says a lot. What I perceived made me feel like that person was not being honest with me. Now, were they being honest? I don't know. I never took and weighed something that weighed an exact pound or what have you. I didn't do that. But, but it made me feel like, you know, they might have been dishonest. You know what? People in this world don't need a Christian being dishonest, do they? People in this world don't need a Christian to be to have a, a different set of standards in in the house of God and and a different set of standards in in the workforce or in the place of business. I believe that God's people ought to be God's people wherever they're at. We ought to be living the life that we need to be living. So the Bible says here in, in Proverbs twenty and verse twenty one. <coughs> Down through verse 23. An inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Diverse weights are abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. You see how God looks at the what people in the world look at. How did you come about it? In Proverbs 20, again, in verses 6 through 11, it's talking about these balances and these weights, how they need to be honest. You know what I believe in? I believe in that's what uh, people in this community ought to see about this church. It's an honest group of individuals. There are people who are faithful. They're not pretenders. They're not make-believers. They don't bend the laws of God's Word. They stick to it the way it is. And I believe that's one of the things that is noted about this church. In general, in general, the Word is that this is a church that sticks to the book. Folks, I want you to know something. That must be kept at all costs. That must be kept. In 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, and then we'll move on to our next point, but I want to, I want to look at this in verse 15. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 15. The Bible says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, 
But ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. That's speaking to the Christian about our demeanor, how it ought to be. We ought not to put on airs. And, and again, you know, we look at people in the, in the unsaved world and you know what they need? They need Jesus, what they need. They need to see Jesus in our lives. They need to see Jesus in our daily walk and our attitudes and the things that we allow in our lives or things we don't allow in our lives. They need to see, they need to see this book being played out in our very walk. And that, my friend, is what Christian benevolence is toward our community and our neighbors. Our neighbors need to know that, listen, what we have is real. Our neighbors need to be able to look at, at this church and say, listen, they, what they've got is something that is needed in all of our land. Folks, that people don't need to look at you and say, there goes a hypocrite. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's what I'm saying tonight. When we're looking at this, I want you to realize that this world out here, they, they study us more than what you know. They look at our daily walk. They look at the things that we allow to happen in our lives. And you could say you're a Christian all you want, but what's going on in your life is going to tell the story. You see what I'm saying? Neighbors in our community, they see everything about us. They read us like an open book. What are they reading in your life? Now, secondly... We need to work Christian benevolence toward them that hurt us. You know, I kind of spoke on this just a moment ago. And again, this is that difficult one, but God's word even instructs us to be kind to them who do not show forth goodwill toward us. In verses 17 down through verse 20 of our text in Romans chapter 12, the Bible, the Bible plainly says, you know, how we are to treat those that don't always treat us the best. Am I looking at you, telling you what you need to do without telling me first? No. There's things that happen in all of our lives that without a doubt wish we'd never had happened in our lives. There's hurts that we have dealt with. There's pains that we have, we have caused that should never have been caused. But the Bible says, listen, we're to, we're to love. We're to, we're, to be, we're to be forgiving, in other words. In verse 20, uh, the Bible says in Romans in chapter 12, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire on his head. You know, we go back and you think about the book of Exodus and and maybe in, in chapter 23 and, and there you see that if a man has had a problem with one of his uh, beasts of burden and you don't help him, you're wrong. Even if he is your enemy. God says, listen, you need to help. You need to be kind. That takes me back to modern day beast of burden. You know, when you've got, uh, maybe you've got a vehicle that's going down the road and it broke down and you look at it and you say, man, that's that guy that's, he's always been down on me. I, he's getting exactly what he deserves. That's what we think, isn't it? Or surely I'm not the only one that's ever thought that. 
But anyway, <clears throat> I've had to ask the Lord to forgive me on those things. Now I've got myself straight. <laughs> but you know, when somebody is sitting on the side of the road and their beast of burden has broke down on them, and you drive by and you're not showing a very good light, it's not Christian benevolence. It's not, it's not showing goodwill toward anybody. And God says, that's not right. Is that easy to do? No, it isn't. Like again, I've said, you know, I've seen a, a certain individual one day that was uh, down on the side of the road, and I drove by it first. I went all the way to town. And I thought that wasn't right. I come back, and he was walking my way, and I picked him up. He was kind of reluctant to get in the car to begin with, but he realized that it was his only way to get to where he needed to go to get the gas that he needed. And there I had to bury the hatchet for my own self. Listen, it's not always easy, but it's the best thing to do if you're a Christian. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing. In Proverbs chapter 25, and we'll move to our last point, but I'm going to go here for just a moment. Uh, in verse 11 of Proverbs chapter 25, the Bible says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. You know, sometimes maybe you've had, <clears throat> maybe you've had an incident with somebody. You was in the right and you know you were, but that person needs he needs to, number one, he needs to see a Christian. Sometimes it's just the right words need to be spoken by the right person, the one who was offended. Sometimes that's what takes care of the business at, at hand. We go on over for just a moment in verse 21. <clears throat> if thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Sounds like what we've already read over here in chapter 12, isn't it? That's where it comes from, folks. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. The north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. It is better. And I'll be honest with you. When I was reading this, I thought, man, that, that scripture's a little bit out of place here. <laughs> of course, that's what I wanted to say anyhow. But the Bible says it is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Now, Solomon, he had, he had some uh, peculiar ways about him, but now he, he had a lot of women to deal with. <laughs> so I... I'd say he, he knew what he was talking about there. I have no idea what he was talking about, but I'm trying to get myself out of trouble. <laughs> but anyway, as, as, as the Bible says here in verse 25, as cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as as a troubled fountain in a corrupt spring. I'm going to stop right there for just a moment. You know, sometimes we lose our Christian character 
at the wrong time. And when we fall before that one who has tried their best to make us fall, we have done them a good service, but not ourselves. That's what the Bible's teaching us here. We need to be careful. Be careful how we respond. Be careful, you know, don't be a hothead. Don't be so ready to take offense. Now, lastly, I want you to look at this. The work, we need to be working Christian benevolence toward our Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. We go back to Romans in chapter 12 real quick, and then we'll, we'll get ready to close this out here in just a moment. But I want you to think about this in Romans 12, beginning at verse 5. We'll read verse 5, and then we'll move to a, a, a verses 9 down through, verse, through the rest of the chapter. But verse 5 says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Remember that. None of us live to ourselves. When it comes to church, listen, we're all together. We stand together, united. We stand together in the Word. We stand together as Christians. That makes the strongest church of, that, God can, that God would be pleased with, being unified. The Bible says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints and given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The Bible teaches us in Galatians chapter 6, a very important lesson here in verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity. Think about this now. You're, you're a member of this body. We're Christians. We're, we're together. We make up this one body. All of us make up this one body. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially... Unto them who are of the household of faith. You know, every Sunday night in that prayer room, I hear men praying for the brotherhood. Folks, that means something to me as a pastor. I mean, that means something. When I hear men praying for the brotherhood of this church, that's not leaving out the sisters. I'm talking about the union of unity amongst God's children. When men are praying like that, 
You cannot be sabotaging at the same time. When men are honestly praying for the good and welfare of this body, you cannot at the same time be sabotaging. There may be those who have maybe tried to hurt you as a part of this body. In every church, listen, none of us are perfect. There is none perfect. We all still have a day coming. I, you know, I go back to you know to Second Corinthians five and ten, and and I'll be honest with you, folks. It it makes me quiver to realize that all that we do, if it's not done for the glory of God, is going to be burned up one day. So it behooves us to be all we can be for each other, and for this God the living God of heaven that we serve. Galatians 6 and 10 says, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. To you and I. We're supposed to be extra helpful to each other. You know, I'll be honest with you, there are there are, I don't know what you want to call them, clubs or whatever, out in the world that will do anything and everything for their members. I mean everything. What greater entity than the house of God to be able to do everything for each other? to be caring, to be loving. You know, I go, I, I, I can't help but get on this, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to touch it just a little bit. You know, if you're of a certain group of individuals, if you're of the Masons, they're going to do everything in their power to help you in any way they can. How do I know that? Well, my, father, my grandfather was a grandmaster. I know everything about that kind of stuff. And, and I know how they worked to pull strings for each other. Why can't the house of God, the people of God, the people of love do the same thing for each other? Especially of the household of faith, he says. Let us be desirous to be encouraging to others. The Bible declares that the saved shall and will be led by the Holy Spirit, even to our good treatment of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26, where it talks about being led of the Spirit, and then you get into the, to the benefits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Do you have that in your life today? Is benevolence even a part of your vocabulary as far as your actions toward each other and toward fellow man around us? You know, as I look out down this community, I, I love this community. I love this community. I mean, 
I've been in homes all from seven to one and ever holler in between. There's people that, they, I mean, they need to see the light of Jesus somewhere, somehow. When I first came pastor here, Brother Jim used to, me and him, he used to take me on visitation ever, ever Saturday or ever Sunday after dinner, I think it was. And we would go to different places. You know what those people need? They need to see a people that cared for them. And that's one thing that they've seen down through the years. Even before I got here, there's been a lighthouse in the middle of this valley. A place where there was provision. A place where there was love and care. Folks, benevolence is alive and well, I feel, in this body. But be careful. For Satan would love to do everything in his power to destroy the light of this church. Let's preserve it at all costs.